I want to invite your attention to the gospel according to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading at verse 47. John chapter 6 and verse 47. Some words from the Lord Jesus. His words are spirit and they are life. John chapter 6 and verse 47 says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread. Oh, hallelujah. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I know everybody's all filled up from a week of of, uh, thanksgiving slash gluttony. But but I want to preach to you on this subject, bread from heaven. Bread from heaven. Can we just lift up our voices one more time in thanksgiving to God for his precious word and ask him to quicken it to our spirits. Lord, we praise you and we worship you. We thank you. For what a, what a great privilege it is to stand in your presence. Oh, hallelujah. What a great privilege it is to stand in your presence. What a great privilege it is, oh God, to be in this place. To hear your word. To declare your word. Lord, to live according to your word. And I pray, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would rest upon us and move in this house. Move in us, I pray, oh Lord, as we seek to know you better. And more deeply, and I pray in Jesus' name that your word would quicken our hearts to understand, Lord, and to be abundantly blessed. We give you praise in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Jesus had a conversation with Peter. Who was, of course, quite conflicted in his relationship with Jesus. He had moments of urgent, passionate loyalty to the Lord. And then, of course, we know that when the going got tough, uh, many times Peter faltered. Sometimes that's how we, we are with the Lord. We have a lot of good intentions, but, but when, it, when it comes time to applying and executing, we, we many times fall short. This is where Peter was, and, and yet it was a beautiful thing. You know, Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus knew he was going to deny him three times. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. And these denials of, G- of Peter concerning Jesus were not just... Merely, 
hey, uh, no, you've got the wrong guy. That wasn't the only kind of denial. But, but, but his denial was everything from, no, I'm not who you think I am. You're confusing me with somebody else to all out, I don't follow that man. I'm making my decision today to not follow that man. So deny, this denial was a deep denial, and it was a hurtful denial of the Lord. It was hurtful to the Lord, but, but it, was, it was damaging to Peter because Peter had so betrayed his, his Savior. And, and many of us find ourselves in that predicament where we just can't believe we, we did what we never dreamed we would do. We just, it was never in our mind, our makeup, our, our thought process. We love the Lord. But, but our flesh is weak. And the Bible points that out time and again. That the law of God which is perfect is actually weak because our flesh is weak. It's weak through the flesh. But Peter comes from this this denial of Jesus, and the Bible says he left and he wept bitterly. Bitterly he wept because he had so betrayed and forsaken the Lord, and he just didn't know that he could live with himself having felt like such a failure morally, a failure spiritually, a failure emotionally, a failure as a friend, as a follower of Christ. And, 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 and I love the fact that when Jesus proceeds with being crucified and becomes buried and then raises from the dead. I love that the, one of the first things out of his mouth is, where is Peter? Somebody go get Peter. You know, that is your Lord. That's how he is. He's not saying, where do I get my hands on Peter? He's saying, go tell him that that. That this relationship that he thinks is forever severed and never going to, to flourish again, tell him it's about to be reconciled right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God. And I want somebody here today who may feel like you've taken one step too far or who may be in a position of weeping bitterly or may feel like you've gone beyond a threshold that God cannot reach you. You hear the word of the Lord today. That's not the kind of God you serve. You have a God who will reach down into any depth of despair. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. You can call upon the Lord and He will hear your cry. If your heart will call upon Him, He will hear your cry. Others may have stopped loving you, but He does not stop loving you. And you may have stopped loving yourself, but He does not stop loving you. He will hear your cry. And I can hear his voice even now calling your name saying, go tell them I love them. I just rose to tell you today with an urgent message from the Lord that he loves you, that he will forgive you, that he will restore you and reconcile you to something you never dreamed you could have again. Oh, hallelujah. And so he had this conversation with Peter and he said, Peter, I want to ask you a question. Do you love me? Because we've established the fact that I love you. But I want to know, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. 
And then the Lord said, all right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the, the, the way to confirm that love. He said, feed my sheep. He said, uh, again, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And again, he said, do you love me? Now, Peter's starting to get really, really uh, maybe even a little concerned about what this line of questioning represents because, because he, he's not been able to convince the Lord in his own thinking. But the Lord said again, do you love me? And he said, of course I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. God was trying to let Peter know what is important to him. It is important to him that his people be fed. It is important to God that the people of God be fed from the bounty of the Lord. When he created our bodies, he created our bodies to need food. Now, you can't go too long without your body telling you, hey, hey, pay attention. <laughs> I need some food. Some of you are already looking at your watch. Your body's been knocking on your door ever since I opened up my Bible. And, 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 I, and if I give some kind of a little red flag that this is going to go a little longer than it normally would or should, your body's starting already. Hey, hey, hey. I'm ready. I'm hungry. Red lobster down the street. I'm hungry. Out back. Come on now. Get, let's get this show on the road. Because your body was designed to need food. God put in your body the, 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 the mechanism that requires food in order for that food to metabolize and, and create energy upon which your body then can function and operate. So this past week, we, we just went all out and said, Lord, you know I need this. I need this food. And Lord, you created the pumpkins to have all that good stuff put together. And, and, and I don't know what else they add in it. I just know that the outcome is pumpkin pie. And Lord, you made the pecans to grow. So that we could make pecan pie. And Lord, you put the sugar cane in the field. So we could have sugar cream pie. And Lord, you, you did so many wonderful things. I didn't mean only to focus on pie. But, but, but Lord, you know I need, I need this, this sustenance. God placed it inside of us for our food to have need, our bodies to have need of food. Because because food represents something in the spirit, and it is God's desire to feed his people. Whenever there is a, a curse upon a particular situation, many times the food will cease. There will be a shortage of food. There will be a shortage of food supply because the blessing of the Lord is wrapped up in the bounty of God. As a matter of fact, I was in Israel, and as I was in Israel, uh, they pointed out Mount Gilboa, where Saul and Jonathan were slain upon the mountain of Gilboa. And David said, how are the mighty fallen? And he said, cursed be you, Mount Gilboa, and let no dew descend upon you, and let no food be brought forth. And to this day, Mount Gilboa brings no food forth and no fruit or vegetation. 
Because there is a blessing that is found in the abundance of food that comes from the earth. This is the plan of God. God sent Joseph before the children of Israel into Egypt and said, I want you to, I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to prepare you through suffering. I'm going to teach you how to interpret dreams. I'm going to help you understand the ways of God and understand the ways of agriculture so that when the time comes that the famine will strike the earth, you will have established a system whereby all of Israel can come and be fed and the whole world will be able to find sustenance. God sent a man ahead of schedule so that he could provide food for the people of God. As a matter of fact, Jesus was teaching the multitudes, and while he was teaching the multitudes, his teaching went on for three days. After three days, he looked around and said, do we have any food? They said, we don't have much of anything. He said, well, go find food somewhere. They said, there's a little lad who has five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, that's all I need. Bring it to me. And Jesus took the loaves, and he took the fishes, and he blessed them. And he broke them and he put them into the hands of the disciples. And as he put them into the hands of the disciples, the food began to multiply in the hands of the disciples. It is God's desire to feed his people. It is God's desire to make sure that you have what you need. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... Let me remind somebody that I was young and now am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I have never seen his seed begging for bread. Jesus said, if your child were to ask you for a fish, would you give them a, 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 a serpent? And if they were asked you to, for bread, would you give them a stone? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Oh, hallelujah. We could just sit on that for a little while and dwell on it. How much more? Because I don't know the full, the totality of the answer to that question. I just know that it is more. I don't know how much more because it is exceeding the riches of anything I've ever known. It is exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or even think. How much more does your Father in heaven want to give gifts? To his children. It is his desire to feed his people. And, and, and it's important that you and I understand that our blessings do not come from ourselves. It is important that we understand that our blessings do not come from our own efforts. Now, God blesses our efforts. And if we will put forth the effort, there is the blessing of the Lord in that work of faith. But never misunderstand. It is God who gives the increase. It is God who blesses. It is God who gives. Do you have the Holy Ghost? God gave you the Holy Ghost. Do you have clothes on your back? God put clothes on your back. Do you have a roof over your head to go to this afternoon? God put a roof over your head. Do you have a job, a means of income? God gave you that job. God gave you that revenue stream. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, 
hallelujah. Don't fall into the trap of thinking, look what I have done. Don't fall into the trap of looking, of, of, of considering what my achievements have brought me. But, but give thanks unto the Lord who causes the windows of heaven to open over your life. And he blesses you with bread from heaven. Jesus, in this passage of scripture, took the, the people all the way back to the Old Testament account. Of when the children of Israel were wandering. Everybody say wandering. They were wandering in the wilderness. Everybody say wilderness. They were wandering in the wilderness. And I just can't help but feel like maybe somebody this morning has been wandering in the wilderness. The wilderness is a difficult place to be. We haven't encountered wilderness in a really long time. We don't even know what wilderness is. We enjoyed Thanksgiving bounty this week. We enjoyed turkey. We don't know who took out that turkey. We don't know who hunted that thing down. Probably came from a farm somewhere. We don't know. We don't know who picked those cranberries. We don't know who dug up those sweet potatoes. We don't know. We don't have a clue who it was that, that, that grew those potatoes. We, we just simply enjoyed the bounty. But there is a place called wilderness where things are wild and they're not just wild but they're wilder that's where we get the word wilderness it is wilder than anything you've ever imagined it's wild man out in the wilderness it's wilderness it's 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 a place where there is no order it's a it's a place where there is no system where there is you are prone to to the the raw elements of the world we we had a discussion this week where we began to talk about encounters we've had with wildlife and we began to talk about circumstances where uh, out fishing or hunting or hiking different circumstances arose that we weren't used to because we're used to driving around in our cars and pulling up to stoplights and, 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 and then, you know, the most adventure we get sometimes is when, when we take that moment to look down at our phone and the light turns green, somebody honks at us. And then we're like, oh, oh, my word, boy, it gets your heart rate up a little bit. And, but out in the wild, things are crazy. And my brother was telling a story about when, when he was uh, hiking in Utah and he and he, he was on a snowy slope. There was ice under the snow. And he was hiking and he slipped. And he actually slipped over and, and, and went down into a little area that was about to give way to a ravine. And he grabbed onto two saplings. And he was, he was actually buried up to his chest in snow holding onto the saplings. And, and uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was a steep enough drop off. He didn't want to go any further. And he was about to pull himself back up when a timber wolf walked by. And he just sat there holding on to those saplings. And the timber wolf walked by looking at him and just kept on walking. And Nathan was saying very, very composed and collectively, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. He was going to have to let go of the saplings if the wolf began to make his way over. 
But I'm going to tell you something. In the wild, you don't know what you're going to face and what you're going to be up against. And some of you have wandered into spiritual wildernesses. And you know what I'm talking about. When things got out of control. When you didn't have a control on the thing like you thought you had a control on the thing. And, and you stepped out of the blessing of God. And you stepped out of the favor of God. And you stepped away from the anointing of God. And you walked away from obeying God. And you were out in the wilderness. And things got scary and things went bump in the night and things were difficult and you didn't know if you would be able to rise and, 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 and greet the next morning because you were in the wilderness. That's where Israel was. They were in the wilderness and the Bible says they wandered in the wilderness. See, in the wilderness you wander. When you are in the wilderness, you wander. When you are passing through the wilderness, you don't wander. You have a, a path you're on. And you know where you're going. You're going to the borders of Canaan. You're going to the land of promise. But when you're in the wilderness and that's where you've set up shop and that's where you live, you wander in the wilderness aimlessly. There isn't a particular directive that you have and there's not a particular end in sight you are hoping for the best you're living life according to the way you want to live it you view obeying God you like you like you like to praise God because you like the feeling that comes from praising God. But it's the obeying God you find so difficult. And, and that's where you end up wandering in the wilderness. There, there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end of that way is death and it is destruction. Don't follow the path that your heart sets out before you. I, wanna, I, want, to, I want to counter the advice you would see, receive from the world that says, follow your heart. Don't follow your heart unless your heart is right with God. If your heart is not right with God... The scripture says that your heart is deceitful above all things and that it is desperately wicked. And following your heart or following your feelings has gotten you into the position that you're in, in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness. That's where Israel was, and that's where a lot of you are this morning. But in the name of Jesus, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. I pray that the preaching of the Word of God would get a hold of somebody's heart today and wake them up to the reality that God has a plan for your life. That God has not forgotten you. God has a destination in mind for you. You will find that obeying him brings great comfort to your soul. The Bible says, great peace have they that love thy law. Do you love the law of God? Do you love the law of God? I don't mean do you post it on your, on your wall and then try your best to not do what it says not to do and do what it says to do. But, but do you love his law? Have you fallen in love with having no other gods before you? Have you fallen in love with not making unto thee any graven images? Have you fallen in love with not bearing false witness against your neighbor? Have you fallen in love with not killing? Which means also not hating. Not stealing. Which also means giving the Lord your first fruits 
and your free will offerings? Have you fallen in love with not committing adultery, which means not looking upon a woman and lusting after her? Have you fallen in love, hallelujah, with not coveting what your neighbor has? I'm talking about if you will love the law of God, you will have peace in your life. You want peace? Love the law of God. Let it, let it consume you. Take joy in obeying Him. It may not feel good to your flesh, but your flesh is working against you. Love the law of the Lord. In this wilderness, the children of Israel were hungry. They're in the wilderness. They got nothing. And they looked at Moses and Aaron and said, you brought us out here to die, didn't you? You know what we had back in Egypt? We had flesh pots. That that's, that's means we had pans that had a lot of good food in them. And we could eat till we were full. There was no shortage of food in Egypt. See, somebody said, Thanksgiving isn't over when you're full Thanksgiving is over when you hate yourself. Hopefully nobody ate to the point that they hated themselves. But they said we used to be able to eat till we hated ourselves when we were in Egypt. But you brought us out here into the wilderness. And out here in the wilderness, everything that we thought we enjoyed, we don't have access to it anymore. And I'm going to tell you something. They might have enjoyed the food that was in Egypt, but they were in bondage. And, and some of you are willing to receive bondage so that you can enjoy the food you like. So that you can enjoy the food that appeals to your taste buds. God is trying to pull you out of the bondage of the enemy. Pull you out of the stranglehold that the devil has upon your life. He's trying to pull you away. And, and that means coming away from the lusts of your flesh. That, that also means coming away from some of the stuff you kind of like. And he's trying to pull you away because you're over there lapping it up. But in the meantime, there is a taskmaster hovering over you. There is a bondage that the enemy has wrapped around your mind and you're indulging in the lusts of your flesh and the lusts of your eyes and in the pride of life and, 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 and while you're doing that ladies and gentlemen you are being slowly wrapped in bondage. See, see God is trying to deliver you from carnality. That word carnality, the root word is carn, C-A-R-N. It's where we get the word carnivore. It's where we get the word carnival. It has to do with flesh. Spiritual and natural. And so when, when, there is, when there is an indulgence in fleshly things, a carnal mind develops. You're carnivorous spiritually. You want what feels good. You want what appetizes you. You want what your taste buds want. And your taste buds are leading the charge and leading the way. The appetite, spiritual appetites and emotional appetites and crutches you've learned to lean on and habits you've formed and chemicals you've become dependent on. All of these things are a part of your fleshly appetite. And you like those things. Your flesh likes those things. And you don't know life without those things. So 
you're afraid of what life will become if you don't have those things. But God is trying to pull you out from the bondage of Egypt. And, and you get frustrated sometimes because you say, back in Egypt, I used to be able to eat till my heart was content. Back in Egypt, I used to go do this and do that and drink this and drink that and smoke this and smoke that and go there and do that and be with them. And you, you think you're missing out on something. God is trying to deliver you from bondage and bring you into a land of promise. Don't listen to the devil when the devil puts an advertisement in front of you telling you that if you smoke this, you'll be cool like the Marlboro man. There is a hook on that thing. There is a danger in that thing. There's a snare in that thing. And he'll never show you the flip side of the coin. He'll always show you the side he wants you to see. He won't show you the drunk driving and the death that can result. He won't show you the loss of relationship from the bad decisions you make under the influence of alcohol. He won't show you the lung cancer and the cirrhosis of the liver and the AIDS you'll get from a sexually promiscuous lifestyle. He'll show you the side he wants you to show you. God is saying, come out from among them and be ye separate. Saith the Lord. But I'm hungry for what I used to have. God said, Moses, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to cause bread to rain from heaven. I'm not going to give them bread from the ground. I'm giving them bread from heaven. I'm not going to let it come off of the, off of the sheaf or the stalk of corn. I, I'm going to bring corn from heaven. He called it one place, corn from heaven. One place he said it tasted like fresh oil. And another place he said it tasted like wafers of honey. One place he said it looked like a thin cake. One place he said it was like the coriander seed. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, God will send you just what you need. And when you need it and it will come from his presence you're not going to find it in a relationship an ungodly relationship you're not going to find it in some kind of a new age mysticism you're not going to find it in some kind of a hypnosis you're not going to find it in a horoscope can I preach to somebody this morning you're not going to find it in the lust of this world in the pride of this world it's going to come from heaven in his presence there is fullness of joy See, the pleasures of this world aren't, they're false pleasure. They're false because they last for a season. Just a season. They last for just a little bit of time. And then when they're done, they're done. And you're down. And you're bleeding. And you're broken and you're confused. And you, and you hate yourself and you hate everybody else. Because you believe the lie of the devil. You bought into the pleasures of this world. And somebody said, well, great. Now we don't get pleasure. No, no. You're wrong about that too. Do you know Eden means pleasure? 
The Garden of Eden was a garden of pleasure. God actually created a place called pleasure and put man and woman in that place called pleasure. But God doesn't give you cheap pleasure. And God doesn't give you false pleasure. And God isn't selling you a bill of goods. And God isn't falsely advertising himself. And God isn't trying to make you believe one thing when something else is true. God will give you real pleasure. Hallelujah. Pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 See, see, alcohol is alcohol is a, 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 a alcohol is, is is deceptive and and wants to wants to be like the Holy Ghost. Because when you drink of the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, if you drink of the water whew, that I give you, you want some fire water, I'll give you some fire water. Put down the moonshine and drink up the sunshine. Come on, somebody. If you drink of the water that I will give you, you will never thirst again. That's what David was saying when he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I know where the source is. Notice what Jesus said about the water that he will give. He said, It shall be in you. God, Brother Colbert, when God fills me with the Holy Ghost, He's not just giving me a sip from a water fountain. He's putting a well in me. There is a river and it flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees my soul from sin. Come to these waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's in me. So I, I shall never thirst again. Or I could, just go, I could just go buy into what the world offers and have to keep going back and going back to get another fix, another high, and another broken relationship. And I can start thinking that's normal because everybody in my world has experienced the same brokenness and the same pain and the same dysfunction. Or, or... I could eat the word and drink of his water. And I won't have to go anywhere because the fountain is in me. So, so don't, don't mind if I start pumping the well a little bit. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name. You are worthy, Lord. What are you doing, Brother Urshan? Oh, don't mind me. I'm about to get me a drink. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. It's in me a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. He said, I will rain bread from heaven. And the Bible said, man did eat angels' food. Let me tell you something. If you're in the wilderness, stop eating what the world offers you. And take, eat. This is his body. Take, eat the word of the Lord. That's bread. 
and it comes from heaven. It doesn't grow from the, from the carnal ground. It comes directly from heaven. He said, I'll rain bread from heaven. Hallelujah. See, God will show up in your wilderness with bread. And, and the thing I love about it is that Jesus in John chapter 6 explained, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they died. Your fathers ate manna in wilderness. They ate bread from heaven and they died. But I am that bread. See, they ate bread in the wilderness so that they might learn. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But I am that bread of life. See, they ate manna that fell from heaven and they had to take it in store for that day. And it wasn't good to the next day. It would develop parasites by the next day. But he said, I am that bread of life. See, when they were searching and seeking, they would wake up in the morning and there would be bread that fell from heaven that fell upon the dew. The dew came first and then the manna fell on top of the dew. But Jesus said, I am that bread of life. I am the living bread which cometh down from heaven that bread was pointing to Jesus and just as that bread came from heaven to the earth God came from heaven to the earth and we call him Jesus and just as that bread satisfied the hunger of Israel this bread satisfies the hunger of my soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to know what is your bread. You know what your bread is? Your bread is this. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what your bread is? Thank God for the blood. That's your bread. You know what your bread is? Hallelujah. Send it on down. Send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. That's your bread. You know what your bread is? Lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That's your bread. You want to know what your bread is? Your bread is praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him upon the stringed instruments. Praise Him on the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the organ. Praise Him with the timbre. Praise Him in the dance. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. They said, Jesus, aren't you hungry? We're going to eat something. Aren't you hungry? He said, I have meat that you know not of. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. I've got meat that you know not of. Hallelujah. The bread will come from heaven. The bread will come into your wilderness. Whatever your wilderness is, bread will fall down in the middle of it. When you're starving and famished and feel like you can't go another day, the bread from heaven will descend right into the middle of your circumstances. He'll descend right into the middle of that cancer report. He'll descend right down into the middle of that marriage that's falling apart. He'll descend right down into the middle of that struggle you're having with your child. He'll descend right down into the middle of the torment going on in your mind. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about bread from heaven. Do you know what the Bible said? The Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not 
want. So I, I shall not want means that I will never be impoverished because I have placed my faith in the Lord who is my shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now that's all good and fine and dandy. But that there are times where I go through deep dark valleys. And, and even then I'm not afraid. Because yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I still will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. You ready? And thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies. Now this week we were in the presence of our friends. This week we were in the presence of our family. At least I hope they were all friends. God bless you and God bless them. Whatever your circumstance may be. But God said I'll prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. I will bring bread from heaven. While cancer is, is, is breathing over your shoulder. I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. While financial crisis is leering and looming and lurking, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. While insanity is pulling at the strings of your brain, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You ought to just, you ought to just put your napkin in, get your fork and knife, and say, I'm about to receive bread from heaven. I may be in my wilderness, but I'll not die in this wilderness. Has prepared a table. Come and dine. The master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. You say, but all we've got is five loaves and two fish. We don't have much. God will take whatever you got. He'll bless it. He'll break it. He'll multiply it. And he'll feed the multitude. Somebody lift your hands to heaven right now. Just lift your hands to heaven right now. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands to heaven right now all across this building. I need somebody who's hungry and thirsty. Lift up your voice unto God. Lift up your voice unto God. He that's hungry and thirsty. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. You could stand with me if you could stand with me. I just, I want you to hear me though. I want you to hear me though. Listen. Jesus said, this bread is my body. Take it and eat it up. This bread is my body. Bread to your body is teaching you your need for the body of Christ. How many need to eat today? How many need to eat today? Come on, some of y'all just not, some of you are just trying to be spiritual. Trying to act all good because you had 
resolutions that started on Friday, but go ahead. How many need to eat today? You know why you need to eat? Because your body is designed to teach you. Your body is designed to teach you your dependence upon the body of Christ. This bread which is broken for you, he said, it is my body. Take and eat. This is my body which was broken for you. You cannot stay away from the body of Christ and expect to have energy for your soul. That's why there's something that happens when you walk into this place and as you walk into this house, something begins to refresh your soul. The Bible says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Your times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Something happens. When you walk into this place, you walked into the body of Christ today. Take and eat it up. Drink it up. Lift up your hands. Go ahead, lift them up. Lift them up. Eat the bread from heaven right now. This is not just another social gathering. There's only one name exalted in this house. His name is Jesus. There's only one person exalted in this house. And he is our Lord and our Savior. Come on, eat that up. Eat that up. Eat it up. And be refreshed. Be refreshed. Hallelujah. Some of you just got low spiritual sugar. You need to eat something. Come on, some of you are just hangry. You need to eat something. You need a touch of God in your life. You need a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. You know what the devil will try to do? The devil will try to frustrate you. And he'll try to keep you out of the presence of God. You want to know why? Because he's trying to starve you. But when you walk into this house, hungry, in need, wandering in your wilderness, look up. Because bread is raining from heaven. Bread is raining from heaven. Hallelujah. Don't, don't say I'll wait till tomorrow. And don't say I'll keep what I got from last week. You need something new today. What you have from last week will get old tomorrow. You, you need something new right now. You need the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's a hungry soul. I need a hungry soul. Now if you're... If you're satisfied with where you are in God and you don't need to take any step further to, to just feel His presence I, that, that's your business but if you're hungry for more of Jesus I want you to reach for Him right now reach for Him right now reach for Him right now you need more of Jesus I want you to reach for Him right now come on somebody reach for Him right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on that's it you can step forward go ahead that's it God bless you these altars are always open. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody else that just needs. I just need him. Come on, you've tried things in this world and they have failed you. You tried relationships and the relationships failed you. 
need to enter into another relationship until you are right with God in your heart and you have a proper perspective so that you can look and receive someone that He has prepared for you and not someone you have designed for yourself. Somebody, somebody needs to come forward. Come on, be honest with God right now. Be honest with God right now. And say, Lord, I need a brand new touch. I need a brand new touch. Come on, that's it. I love seeing the young people seek after God. I love seeing young people with hands uplifted. Come on, this is where your bread comes from. This is where the water of life flows. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, something good is happening. Something good is happening. somebody right now that feels like they've gone one step too far. I want you to come forward right now and say, God, I believe your word and I receive it in the I believe your I need some folks to help me pray right now. There are people seeking God.